Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Well, what I do is uh, I look a woman up and down, and I say, Hey, how you doing? And I hope you're doing well, everybody. This is Jim McCarron's back with another edition of The Good, The Bad, and The TV on the number one podcast network for professionals. It's the Believe Podcast Network. Look for and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform. Check us out on Believe.com. That's where you can find information on advertising on this or any of its many podcasts. Now let's believe in the good, the bad, and the TV. The year is 2019. And the only thing that helps to soften the blow that is this year is the knowledge that there's another one just months away that'll make it seem like a Disney film in comparison. Still, 2019. In addition to a government shutdown and a polar vortex and a presidential impeachment and a New York City blackout and a measles outbreak, and a rising anti-Semitism tide, and something actually affixed with the Twitter hashtag Fartgate. 2019 boasts more mass shootings than there are days in the year. Mass, defined by the FBI, as shootings involving four or more victims. 45 of the 417 are at schools. 32 of these are at high school level or lower. One of the mass shootings of 2019, claiming 13 victims, actually comes at a memorial for someone killed at another shooting. A related and unfortunate byproduct, two survivors of the Stoneman Douglas High School shootings from 2018 in Parkland, Florida, commit suicide in 2019, having been traumatized by the, by the events of the previous year. Oh, and Oklahoma legalizes open carry in 2019. In 2019, the first cannabis cafe in the United States opens in Los Angeles. Kentucky outlaws bestiality. New Mexico replaces Columbus Day with Indigenous Peoples Day. Maine bans styrofoam containers. San Francisco bans the use of facial recognition technology and the sale of e-cigarettes. Washington legalizes human composting, and Alabama, well, Alabama legalizes chemical castration. How was your day? Meanwhile, R. Kelly is arrested in 2019 on federal sex trafficking charges. It happens in Chicago, where there's actually some positive news, too, because in Chicago in 2019, Lori Lightfoot becomes the first black woman and the first openly gay person to be elected mayor of that city. By the way, the winners this year of Miss America and Miss Teen USA and Miss USA, each a black woman. In other political news this year, Jimmy Carter becomes the longest living U.S. president now that he's 94 and change. And South Bend, Indiana, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, a 37-year-old married gay man, announces his intention to run to become one of the youngest. He joins a roster that will come to include 6,793 other Democratic hopefuls. 
A surefire way to escape from all the events of this eventful year, TV comedy. The most popular way to do that, The Big Bang Theory, primetime's number one sitcom on TV, yet again. But in May of 2019, the laughs come to an end, as The Big Bang Theory airs its last ever show after 12 years and 280 episodes, marking not just the end of a mega hit, but quite likely the end of the line of the Mass Appeal live studio audience sitcom. Shows, stars, formats, genres, they've all come and gone throughout the 70-plus years that primetime broadcast TV has been around. But throughout all of it, the sitcom has loomed large. With rare exception, the sitcom has come in two forms. Multi-camera, meaning shot in front of a studio audience. And single camera, meaning shot like a film on a soundstage with a single camera. The humor marked once the show gets on the air with a laugh track. Among those rare exceptions, Eight is Enough and The Love Boat, both sitcoms, but both one-hour sitcoms, rather than the typical 30-minute sitcom. Oddly, both show up in the same year, 1977. The other exception, The Simpsons, an animated series in a class of its own. Each of the two formats clicks with viewers through the years, but year after year since 1947, with the exceptions of just two, 1962 and 1968, it's the multi-camera live audience comedies that click the most, that get the biggest ratings, that get the loudest laughs, that make the most significant cultural impacts, that become the most crowded gathering spots on TV for the shared experience of live laughter. I Love Lucy, four years at number one, all in the Family, five years at number one. The Cosby Show, five years at number one. Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Cheers, Roseanne, Friends, Seinfeld, number one's all. Year after year, season after season, when a sitcom is its biggest hit. It's a live audience multi-camera sitcom. In that history of TV, only two single-camera sitcoms the Beverly Hillbillies and The Andy Griffith Show, back in the 1960s, are ever number one for the season. And yes, MASH is a monster hit for CBS in the 1970s and 80s, but it never makes it to the number one spot for the entire season. It seems only live audience sitcoms seem capable of provoking those talked about, enhanced by live audience reaction moments through the years. Rhoda's Wedding, Chuckles the Clown's Funeral, Newhart's Finale, Ellen's Confession. Many, many single-camera shows match or even top multi-camera shows in their writing and execution. And in fact, for whatever cyclical reason, single-cameras dominate the TV landscape in the 1960s and the Nielsen ratings. The Andy Griffith Show, The Beverly Hillbillies, my Three Sons, Bewitched, The Munsters, Green Acres, Hogan's Heroes, Get Smart, Gomer Pyle, I Dream of Jeannie, Julia, Family Affair. But before and since, it's the live audience sitcom that bring the huge crowds together. When the 1960s end, for instance, and sparked by the arrival of a pair of popular new multi-camera live audience comedies, Mary Tyler Moore, 
and All in the Family. There's a flood of new hopefuls that hit just as big, some bigger. Sanford and Son, Maud, The Bob Newhart Show, Good Times, Chico and the Man, Rhoda, The Jeffersons, Welcome Back Cotter, One Day at a Time, Barney Miller, Laverne and Shirley, all in the next five years. They prove what we know, that when it comes to enjoying a good TV laugh, there's really very little like enjoying it in a crowd, joining in with the studio audience response. To Lucy and Ethel at the Candy Factory. To the Lifesavers joke on Happy Days. To Edith's escape from her home invasion rapist on All in the Family. To the panties that are all laid out for Seinfeld's Elaine Bennis. To Bob Newhart's Dick Loudon waking up from a dream as Bob Hartley. To the unveiling of Marie Barone's curious sculpture. Everybody Loves Raymond in the 2000s, Frasier and Roseanne in the 1990s, Cheers in the 1980s, All in the Family in the 1970s, Dick Van Dyke Show in the 1960s, I Love Lucy in the 1950s. The live audience has kept sitcoms working, been a part of what makes them work as the years go by and as cycles and styles come and go. Here's a bit of trivia. 1970s mainstay sitcoms The Odd Couple and Happy Days each begin on ABC as filmed single-camera series, but they only find longevity and then legacy when converted while already on the air into live studio audience formats. Happy Days, in fact, rises from 22nd place in the ratings to become TV's number one show. Best case evidence of the live audience effect? Stand-up comedy-rooted sitcoms, or are they called standcoms? Their stars converting their stage stand-up acts into their TV shows and personas. From the Jack Benny program, to Freddie Prinze's Chico and the Man, to Cosby and Roseanne and Seinfeld and Tim Allen and Gary Shandling. Each fully pivots around live audience response. None probably can work without it. It's one of the reasons we watch, to be part of that audience. Also, the meta-infused self-reflection that comes to define Roseanne, all but winking at the studio audience in some later episodes, and it's Gary Shandling's show, directly addressing it. These and others that occasionally tread the same waters, Friends, Frasier, Will and Grace, play to and feed off of, if not incorporate, as Gary Shandling does, their live studio audiences. On their best episodes and in the most talented of hands, single camera series just can't pull this off. They're often not as funny or as fun. Come the new century, there are new styles and new formats and new technologies that bear this out. TV and TV comedy is changing. It happens. There's a growing new way to experience TV, in fact on your own terms, on your own time, first with delayed viewing and then with streaming. Will and Grace and Frasier and Friends and Raymond are each closing up shop. And there ain't much to replace them. The warming of hands around the national campfire that has been TV for 60 years is turning into hotspots for one. It's on when I say it's on. I'll take my laughs to go. 
and the material both reflects it and exacerbates it. Verite, innovations that seem to speak to or be directed at just the home viewer. No, no live audience necessary. No laugh track allowed. Arrested Development, The Office, My Name is Earl, 30 Rock, Modern Family, Parks and Rec. These are the big network comedies of this new generation. Even if successful and acclaimed are the new big, since none ever becomes the season's number one show. Then streaming furthers the new experience into the 2010s, the new solo experience. TV is now on demand. Comedy is ordered up like an L.L. Bean jacket. Orange is the new black. Children's Hospital. Transparent. Alpha House. Grace and Frankie. Bojack Horseman. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Fleabag. Schitt's Creek. Sitcoms, but not really. Funny, but not group funny. Not shared experience funny. The only really successful new live studio audience multi-camera sitcoms during the first 19 years of the new century, those belong to those produced by Chuck Lorre, a veteran of the multi-camera format with two juggernaut hits, Two and a Half Men and The Big Bang Theory, and a bunch of lesser thens. Yet even Chuck Lorre seems to know what the future holds for sitcoms. In 2018, he brings the biting and poignant and innovative and talky rather than sitcom-y and talked about new sitcom, The Kaminsky Method, to Netflix. Not many watch, but those who do, admire. As of 2019 in the world of broadcast TV, the idea of a national gathering spot for live laughs, NBC's lauded must-see TV Thursdays, for instance, ABC's TGIF lineups, CBS's legendary Monday night comedy blocks, Fox's cutting-edge Sundays. Well, that's all a thing of the distant past. There hasn't been a mass-appeal, multi-camera breakout comedy hit on any of those storied nights in years. For the 2019-2020 season, in fact, the first without the Big Bang Theory, there won't be a single multi-camera comedy to be found among the top 25 TV shows. In fact, there will only be one comedy at all, the single-camera Big Bang Theory spinoff called Young Sheldon. The laughs are to be found elsewhere these latter days, it seems, like the evening news, for instance. It's, of course, evolution at play, and it's being played out in all forms of media. There's no cursing at the sky here. There's no get-off-my-lawn. Comedy itself, as in humor, has changed greatly since the start of TV. Revered shows like I Love Lucy and All in the Family, well, they're largely only funny anymore when viewed in context. But the loss of the sound of that shared laughter, shared between home audiences and studio audiences, in the moment of the joke, in the moment that the scene works, that seems something to be noted and missed and maybe even mourned. You gotta believe. I'm Jim McCairns. We'll laugh it up again together next week. Sheldon, there's something else I've been wanting to say, but before I do, I just, I want you to know that you don't have to say it back. I know you're not ready and I don't want you to say it just because social convention dictates I that you- I love you too. Aww.
You said it. There's no denying I have feelings for you that can't be explained in any other way. I briefly considered that I had a brain parasite. <laughs> but that seems even more far-fetched. Uh, honey. <laughs> honey. <clears throat> honey, wake up. You, you won't believe the dream I just had. <laughs> but don't you want to hear about it? What is it? All right, look, we gotta get back to work. We just had a big breakthrough here. Okay, I'll leave you two alone. Okay. Maybe I'll go visit my mother. She just bought me some new panties and they're all laid out for me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.